Hello and welcome to the show. Now, we speak to many companies, but not many that were formed 128 years ago, back in 1893, where at the time the optical manager of T. Cook & Sons of York, makers of astronomical telescopes, set about eliminating the optical distortion at the outer edges of lenses. The Cook triplet was born, and as they say, the rest is history. Absolutely. And to fill us on fill us in on everything since then. Well, uh, not everything <laughs> since then, but certainly uh, the current stuff. We're delighted to welcome Kerry Duffy from Cook Optics. Good to see you, Kerry. How are you doing? So let's let's start. Let's look at the rise in popularity of full frame. That's been pretty astronomical recently. Yeah, um, it's it, it was it was weird the start of full frame. Um, we obviously came out with the S7Is very early on at the start of full frame yeah. of the um, major motion picture lens manufacturers, should we say. We were out blocks first with the full frames. Um, there were full frames available in, in rental houses. You know, they're bespoke. Um, those companies have uh, designed stuff yeah. but so that everybody could get their hands on something. Um, spherically speaking we came out with the s7i's yeah. early doors and it was interesting at the start because if you go into a rental house you know you can go between multiple manufacturers and say oh can i test these lenses can i test those lenses i want this i want that i want you know maybe i want macros this end zooms that match all of that yeah. and when full frame came out you went into a rental house and said oh great i want to shoot full frame uh what do you got and they go a B, maybe A, B, C. Um, and I think that caught a lot of cinematographers uh, on the hop because they thought, oh, it was, it's all available. The roadmap's open. We can go full head. Um, and yeah, there's a, there's a lot of full frame lenses out there you can use. And there's lots of mounts that take full frame um, with mirrorless that have opened that up. But that doesn't mean the the production-based full-frame roadmap was fully laid out. Um, and it caught a lot of people by surprise. Um, and now yeah. it's it's sort of catching up and growing up as different lenses from different manufacturers are released. Um, there's a lot of vintage that have been rehoused that have come onto the market as well to aid mm. the variety of looks. And... Um, we were not renowned and never have necessarily been renowned to stock things on the shelf. As I say, our lens storeroom is like Ikea. It's all flat packed. It's flat boxes waiting for lenses to go in them because the minute they're made, they're out the door because they're for an order for a customer. So um, we couldn't support customers in the way that they wanted as they were buying then more than one camera, shall we say. They were finding out they were not having enough glass on the shelf to support the number of bodies they had um but the trend as i always said it, it hasn't stopped um it wasn't going to stop it just had to mature and in that yeah. maturing um you know many rental houses motion picture high-end tv production rental houses if you go into them um, you know, they have a few sets of Cook S4s and maybe some few sets of Masters or Ultras. Yeah. They won't just have one set. And that, um, those additional sets and the fill-in lenses from the core set to other lenses we put in to fill in 
um, to the S7Is now are now catching up and people are adding another set because that just goes to prove that full frames here because they need additional sets to support the other manufacturers full frame sets or they got two yeah. three or four camera shoots so they need two or three sets um and so yeah that's continued it hasn't it hasn't stopped um so your question about how is yeah. full frame is it's alive it's healthy it's Going. busy it's shooting um and it's another tool in the toolbox mm. So, Kerry, let's move swiftly on from that. And can we talk about anamorphic? Um, and can we assume that maybe somebody watching this doesn't fully understand what, how it works and what it is? Where did it start? Yeah. And can you give us a quick overview, please? Well, uh, anamorphic or scope as, as an optical system sort of started um, back in the First World War with the French designing optics inside tank turrets. A, a lot of stuff actually from uh, motion picture, especially film, was developed through Ministry of Defence departments globally. Um, and yeah, pretty cool. simple. You've got a bigger scope or view of the battlefield. You're going to kill them before they kill you. Let's make it pretty simple. Or uh, you can see them or you can dodge <laughs> yeah. out the way before they can yeah, kill yeah. you. Um, and, and that system was designed for that. And then it found its way into the motion picture business when television arrived in the US in the late 40s because people were staying at home and watching this square box rather than going to the cinema, um, which then led the big studios of the day to work out a new experience. Um, and right. we can catalogue those experiences from scope to 3D, which then came back again. Um, and in some respects, anamorphic came back again because of the introduction of digital cameras and digital cameras are a little bit more sterile than film stocks, do we say? Um, yeah. And therefore people started experimenting a lot with lenses um, prior to digital. Um, people were experimenting because film was locked in in that area. We're experimenting a lot with filters to change their looks. So once digital yeah. came in, the beauty of it was the anamorphic system inside a, a, a basic film mechanism, an optical system, is that it gives you a stretched image. But if you don't de-squeeze that image, you're looking at a very tall image and a very not very wide image um, yeah. in the viewfinder. And digital just gets rid of that. It just de-squeezes digitally. And that's beautiful. It's wonderful. And you can send it out to all your monitors and everybody can see. Um, it also adds a lot of character. And if you ask Joe Public what they consider to be cinema and show them images, um, even if you show them a 185 spherical image over a 240 anamorphic image and you say, which one to you represents cinema? They'll generally go for anamorphic and they don't know why they're doing right. it. It, it's just ingrained. It's, it's like this the, the cinema literacy that we've been ingrained to understand. And, you know, when Scope came out with Spartacus and your Ben-Hurs and um, all of your wide-angle stuff, that really at that 50s height of cinema, shall we say, it's ingrained in us. Yeah. And we just think that's big, that's cinema. And culturally, we've never lost that. Um, but having said that, 
different cultures view it different ways at the moment it's it's very prevalent in europe and north america and in china asia yeah. but it, it's not a big sell in india they're they're more for they they prefer a more spherical wide image than they do an anamorphic and then to explain it so um we're here looking at me on a television screen and television screens changed from that four three image and they went to 16 nine yeah. um we we all went through the changing back with equipment and then since sensors could de-squeeze uh, more easily once um cmos sensors came in and we're not using ctvs um that made anamorphic glass more adaptable to the digital camera platforms that were coming out and it came in yeah. from there and I heard a lovely story and I've seen a great presentation about how the sort of came in on television um, through um, a TV series called True Detectives with Woody Harrelson and um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. who it was with him as well. Um, it, right. it, it's sort of a birth of the actor as executive on TV drama because Woody Harrelson and his main um yeah acting was it brad Pitt or was it someone else it's someone of that actual i mean you know top yeah. a-listers yeah. doing a 10-part tv yeah. series that was an early netflix it was shot anamorphically so you you've then got people be, and it's a great story it's a fantastic story but it looks great it's a fantastic <laughs> story it's got a-listers yeah. it's on television not at the cinema and it lasts for 10 parts it's like what's not to love um and it drew people in so there were a lot of cultural yeah. convergence in that feel, program mm. yeah it made them feel made the viewer feel a bit i guess a little bit with the look and with that the, the, they're having the cinema experience at home that's been a big thing isn't it yeah Netflix. and so television's got bigger not, and they've got bigger and bigger and so yeah, anamorphics absolutely. worked with it um and a lovely little anecdote I love to tell is is um, a few years ago, because we brought out our two times anamorphic with the Super 35 mil format, I, I loaned a, a rental house the new 65 millimeter macro because the other issue with anamorphics is, is uh, historically they've not focused well very close. Um, so we right. brought a macro to, to fit the range. And um, it was for a BT commercial, I believe. And um, when I phoned him up afterwards and I said, oh, how did it go? Um, you know, did they use the uh, the macro and did it work for you? He said, yeah, yeah, good. And we were just chatting. He said, one, one of the funny things is, is that, you know, originally the client or the agency, they worked, you know, they wanted maybe to six, squeeze the anamorphic to 16.9 and not have it wider. And in the end, they went wider. I said, oh, why is that? And he said, oh, they can get the terms and conditions more in the bottom of the frame. <laughs> 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 so, well, so it's, it's great but that all comes from sky news and cnn news of rolling uh news titles and bloomberg with the, right. with the numbers for the digits for the stock yeah, exchange so people had had just sort of understood that oh we're not throwing away screen estate because it's black and I, i'm buying a big telly and i'm losing it it's got space for information um and now yeah, people yeah, yeah. are just taking it as the norm it is the norm yeah no i get that i get that and so with with these um uh it, it sounds to me like there are certain techniques that people could learn shooting anamorphic are, are there places are there, are there good places to learn yeah. this um not necessarily you've got that the, the problem with that not the problem 
or not the issue. What you, you're quite right, Matt. What you've got to learn is that anamorphics focus differently because you have two right. focal planes. You have a horizontal focal plane and you have a, a sorry, a horizontal and you have a vertical. So when you say that the lens is 50 millimeter, the height of the image will be that comparable of a 50 millimeter spherical lens. But the width is determined by the D squeeze. So a two times will have a field of view of a 25 millimeter and a 1.8, which we designed specifically for full frame. So a 50 millimeter full frame height with a 1.8 D squeeze would give you the field of view of a 24 millimeter with inside the 240 aspect ratio. Right. Um, and that catches people out. And generally with, with, with um, anamorphic lenses, you get curvature. It's all part of the character. Now, some people like it, yeah. some people don't. Some people will shoot a spherical and crop at 240 and they're happy with that. Sometimes in, in major motion pictures, they need to use sphericals because of um, bowing or pin cushioning or curvature in an image. They need to use a more rectilinear spherical lens to capture certain shots for VFX, but then they crop it and they drop it back into the film. So, yeah. you know, people do, if they've got the money, have the budget that, you know, they'll, they'll drop things in and out um, to deal with those issues. Um, but some people just love the character. They're just, they're, you know, they're junkies for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. I get it. Get it. That leads nicely on to what you you call the cook look. I mean, can you yeah. can you put your finger on exactly what that look is? Um, the 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 cook look is partly philosophical, or that the the philosophy of the cook look is designed into the lenses. Um, right. And our lens design philosophy is primarily the on access, as I'm looking at you yeah. through the middle, if I can try and get that in the middle of the screen and move around <laughs> through the middle yeah. of the of the image. That's your sharpest point. That's where I'm looking. I'm a human. I got two eyes. I look forward. I'm not yeah. a gecko or a horse looking out the side here. I'm looking down there and I'm looking at a face because we look at faces a lot of the time. Yeah. And we concentrate. Now, I have a view out here. I can see my hands. Bring this one on the other hand interview. Where am I going? Yeah. yeah. Left to right, back to yeah. whatever. If I, on that peripheral view, I can see it, but it's not sharp. And that's organic. And that's natural to me. Now, yeah. if you take a lens manufacturer that sort of prides itself in its photographic lines of lenses, so that when you look at a still image that isn't moving up here is sharp and down yeah. there is sharp hold on yeah. there and there sorry um <laughs> we'll find you yeah you their lenses are designed so across that diagonal it's sharp it yeah. can be fantastic yeah, yeah. for a photograph to stand and look at something still uh, i don't think it's great for moving images because moving images also have a dimensionality in them which is part of the on yeah. access sharpness and fall off so that dimensionally things fall away from me now if i'm at f16 it's hard to put that dimensionality in if i'm a, a working super 35 t stop at t 28 to 445 so that i can get enough depth in to capture the image so i'm not just stuck on the end of my nose trying to hold focus and giving the focus pull of grief um 
you'll have dementiality and that's organic and that means your eyes don't hurt when you're watching something um and it feels natural um at the end of the day bad lighting is bad lighting but if it's well lit it's only going to help um and so that philosophy with well lit images produces very pleasing looks and people like that especially when we make motion picture lenses and motion picture lenses are primarily used on storytelling productions yeah. we're not eng news so therefore yeah. you're telling a story you're trying to convey a feeling and they work in that way um but everybody sees the world differently and they're entitled to see it their way and use what they like but that's how our philosophy comes out in our imagery mm, really interesting yeah. yeah and so so now that you've so that's arguably the cook look there's also been, yeah. and I don't know whether this was all down to the reintroduction of, because I think you reintroduced the Pancro, um, I don't Classics, know, a yeah. couple of years ago, maybe, as in the new one, the vintage feel. I mean, people were rehousing. Well, that's them, the original, uh, that, that comes from the original cookbook. Yeah, a vintage and the original cookbook yeah. in that way with the Pancro classics go hand in hand, because the original Pancro, uh, speed Pancros, sorry, um, which we've now remanufactured yeah. and called them the Pancro Classics and extended the line, um, is that that on axis on a Pancro Classic is rock solid sharp through the middle. I mean, you put it on an MTF chart, you put it on a projector, you put it up against the latest lenses, it's just as sharp. You know, you're getting 200 pair lines, yeah. 20k resolution through the middle. But then right. it goes away. Um, okay. where the, yeah. the modern lenses have a wider, sharper target area before they fall off. Um, okay. So, yeah. and what we did with those lenses is because, as, as I mentioned earlier, about digital and using lenses to add character because sensors are so sterile, people started rehousing speed pancros and Baltars and K35s and everything else to give them those yeah. looks. It just so happens that the speed pancros were so widely available globally, and we manufactured so many of them since they started in the early yeah. 1920s. Um, that there was there, there was a lot out there to be rehoused, so Good people supply. started doing that. The problem with that glass is, is that over the years, so you could have an 80 year old lens or a 50 year old lens or whatever, was there was a this is a true story, but I won't name names. There, there was a production that had three units on it and something like eight bodies. Um, and it right. had to, so it was a big job. Okay. And yeah. what they had to do on this job um, on series one and I think series two, they changed the lenses when they went to three or four because historically it was changing. So therefore they wanted to change the look, which absolutely fine you can't keep okay. a historical thing looking the same all the time so they set it up anyway they had to put a lot into every in in the camera for every lens because the glass each 75 was a different color each 32 was a different Is color right. so to match everything on set yeah. they had to put a lot in for every lens for the monitors or else it would have just right. looked awful um yeah, yeah, those yeah. sorts of issues are what you don't want if you're shooting three or four cameras with two lens sets the same 
You want them to match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what all, all of the manufacturers pride ourselves on is our lens sets matching. Um, so we rebrought out the Panko Classics. They're working, they're designed with the same refractive index. They're designed with the same lens, um, optical inside the housing. We've just used new glass with those same parameters and put them in modern mechanics and added eye data to them. And so they're built from scratch and look old. And we've got testimony back from DPs yeah. that say that. I mean, we say it or try to say it in our marketing, but when DPs come back and tell us, no, that's what I achieved. It's like, great. That's what we wanted it to do. Um, yeah. And vintage is in because there's lots of glass to choose from, I, I, I presume. But the one thing I find with sort of vintage and detuning is people go, oh, I love it. I want to do this and I want to do that. And then they go, oh, but I can't do it on the Zoom. And oh, I can't do it on this. And oh, I've only got one lens. And, Actually, they've only got it in this mount, and actually this, and actually that. Now, when you come down to it, you go back to, I need a camera. I need a set of lenses that matches. It's not going to waste time in, in grading and um, yeah. color matched, and I can work with, yeah. and the focus puller can work with. And you go down there, and you go, oh, yeah. right, fine, okay. I've got this choice then. Um, you know, doing a pop promo or something else, fine, experiment. But it's, 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 you know, you've got to go to a rental house, and the rental house has got to buy uh, lenses as an asset for a fleet, and it needs to be able to have serviceable products that they can reservice or their service training for, or all of those other underlying things that when everybody goes, oh, yeah, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, I'm going to use it, you know, the rental house is going, oh, really okay yeah we'll buy it but can i service it you know there are all these new lenses coming out they're having such trouble with finding where they can send them back and is there a service technician there so um that's where uh you know the major manufacturers who are trusted win and that's why people also stick with them because they're they're designed to work with the jobs they're designed to work for yeah fantastic well look great to catch up hopefully uh, we'll all be going ahead uh, with kitplusshow.co.uk in Media City, hopefully, with a bit of luck. We'll have some quick lenses on show. Stay up to date yeah. by going to the website. It'll be the first face-to-face -face, uh, uh, event of, 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 of this summer. And, of course, thanks to Media Proxy, who support us here at Kitplus TV. Visit them at mediaproxy.com. Thanks again, Kerry. Thanks for watching. See you next time. Thank you. Um... Really, actually, looking forward to July. Let's, you know, let's hope it's all going to come together. And um, thank you for this opportunity as well. Really appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, Kerry. Thanks, Kerry.